Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. A lot of sports coming your way today. NBA and NHL return to playoff action. A full slate of Major League Baseball, including a double dip between the Cubs and the Reds. Even an FCS college football game. And the NFL, now 12 days away. So much happening over the last three weeks in the three major sports. And so much more important things happening in the world right now. We've neglected the mother a little bit the national football league we're going to put an end to that coming up in a few minutes with pro sports better joey Kanish. trust me you're going to enjoy that conversation thoroughly bears super bowl odds mvp other player awards win totals and a valuable nba play that he wants to share with the early odds audience also of course jim miller just like every single week he has a few horse racing picks later on in the show oh yeah the Derby is next Saturday. Happy Saturday morning. Hope you're enjoying the start to the weekend. This is Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski, with you every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. So it's another week, and we have the launch of another legal sports book in Illinois. If you missed the news yesterday, Fandle Sportsbook is now operating out of Paradise Casino in East Peoria, Illinois. Don't worry, with that executive order which was issued one week ago, you don't have to go there. Remote registration is still in place. FanDuel, the seventh sports book to open in the state, the third mobile book, joining DraftKings and Bet Rivers. A couple cool aspects to this. The odds board is not run by an outsourced company named Camby, uh, and that's valuable to you the better. Because you can find different lines. Quick example, just looking at some Bears numbers coming into this season. At DraftKings and Bet Rivers, both can be books. So naturally, the win total is going to be the same. It's at 7.5. And if you want to shop at FanDuel, 
what do you know? It's a little different. It's eight, so you can use that to your advantage. At DraftKings and Bet Rivers, to win the Super Bowl, Bears are 40 to 1, but at FanDuel, they're 44 to 1. That's why I constantly stress price shopping. I, I've been hearing over the last week from a lot of different people. All right, I'm trying to narrow down, trying to pick out which book I'm going to use. No, no, no. That is the wrong approach. Use them all. Use all the bonuses. Use all the promotions. It doesn't mean you have to have a ton of money in each book. But when one operator is coming up with a promotion, like we saw a week ago, that offered the Lakers plus 81, you want to be able to place that wager. And then last night, with their launch in Illinois, the FanDuel promotion that they had tied into the Cubs game, you could bet as much as 50 bucks to win 50 bucks on the Cubs to score one run or more. What happened? Rizzo hits a bomb, first inning, second AB of the game, and you cash your bet. It's an easy winner, but why not have the ability to take advantage? So don't try to figure out, okay, I think I like this one. This is the book I'm always going to use. No. No, no, you want to be able to get all those bonuses, get the promotions, and like when we're in football season or when if you're betting baseball games, get the best of the number. That's the only way you're going to win in this game. If you're taking a long shot to win a championship at 50 to 1, oh wait, if you shop around, you might see that 50, you might find a rogue number of 80. So don't try to narrow it down to one book. That's the best advice that we can provide. So that is the update this week on Illinois Sports Betting. We have FanDuel. We now have seven sports books. Three of them are mobile. Hopefully more will be mobile by the time the football season rolls around in less than a couple of weeks from now. And points bet is on deck. So very soon we'll be talking about the eighth sports book in this state. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 the score. And let's go out to the Al Pamonte Ford hotline. If you're on Twitter, you know all about a character. Goes by the name Joey Kanish22. Calls himself a gambling Twitter degen. And even though he doesn't have any children, as far as I know, uh, I'm going to take a wild guess that he is leading the charge with Big Ten Parents United because he is up in Michigan country. Uh, man, when I think about Michigan and uh, we cover the Bears here on the score so much, I think about David Terrell when he infamously said, I'm a Michigan man for life. But the funny part, Kanish, was it sounded like he said, I'm a Mexican man for life. What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's happening? Hey, I'm putting down the picket sign for an hour here. I'm outside of Kevin Warren's house, threw it to the side. I'm going to take a break, talk to you, uh, and then we'll go right back to, to screaming at headquarters here to get us back to football. Even if we can just get, you know, six, eight, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take whatever they can give us, they'll take it. You know, if they start up six, eight games, conference season, let's get back to playing some football at uh, Big Ten country needs it. I think they can do it right. Uh, and it was going to look real bad if the SEC, ACC, uh, Big 12 was playing and we're not playing football here. So hopefully uh, we, we've, we've now turned the ship and get a little bit of uh, college football going in, uh, in, in America's land here in the Midwest Big Ten. Yeah, we're going to have some form of college football. We don't know how long it's going to last, but uh, anything top of mind for you? A at the moment, we don't know what's going to happen with the Big Ten. We thought it was dead and buried, at least for 2020. Maybe that isn't the case. Maybe they're going to start a season in January. We have no idea, uh, but we know the SEC is going to give it a go. Same with the Big 12, ACC, as you mentioned. Anything you want to share with the Early Odds audience on uh, what we are going to see? 
I would say the biggest factor that's it's going to be in here is on some of the, especially when you look at this early slate, uh, you know, coming up n- next weekend here of SMU, Texas State, you know, Middle Tennessee Army, it is hard to get quality information on some of these programs. So if you're an information trader out there and there's going to be guys missing, you know, with, you're looking at how much has a team practiced, how long have they been sitting out? I mean, it is going to be, if you're a digger, you're a guy that can go out there and find good info. I think there's going to be some legitimate edges out there. Uh, if you're able to see who's playing, who's not, who's practice, who's not, it's, you're really going to have to uh, have your ear to the ground here of everything that's happening. Um, it's going to be a wild season. I, I'm convinced of that, that you're going to get some guys, you know, some players missing, some late injury up. And there's not, you know, in the NFL standard protocols guys on the injury report it's very very um what i would say you know regimented for for that college football is a complete when it comes to that stuff so you 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 can have guys that you know you think they're playing all week and then you know the game's at noon and 11 50 it pops that the guy's not playing so it's gonna be a wild season but hey i'll take it i'll take long as we can give us football um you know anyway uh i hope they can do it right you know keep the kids safe uh and just you know get through this season and get us as much football as we can. Kanish, I want to hit on the NBA uh, returning today a little later on, but I want to spend the majority of our conversation focusing on the National Football League because it kind of sneaks up on you. We don't really have any video or much video from training camps. There aren't any fans at any of those camps. We don't have any preseason games. And then we wake up on this Saturday morning, uh, my Bears, your Lions, are going to go at it in two weeks and a day. Uh, any thoughts? Right now, the line is Detroit favored by one and a half with a total of 44. And uh, we have to give this opinion without knowing the Bears quarterback. <laughs> well, I, I, the, 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 fortunately, the thing there is either one, I, I feel okay <laughs> fading. <right? laughs> so, um, you know, I, I saw there was a report that Foles had the, the slightest of edges in the competition. Um I, I laid it with the list is one of the ones uh, that I own one of the only games I actually bet early, um, early this summer there and, and took, you know, when it came out, Lions were actually an underdog here at, at plus two. And, and I grabbed some of that. I would still feel comfortable playing the one and a half. Uh, this is where on a neutral that, that I make the Lions minus three uh, just to begin with. Now, can we talk about, you know, this, this is going to apply for the entire season of, of like, how do you quantify home field advantage? Now there's not going to be any fans in the stadium. Uh, does it even is it even worth a half point or a point? Any of that? So that's going to play you know somewhat of a factor in, in all of the games. Um, we say this is neutral field. You know, take away any. Of the, I, I still think this line is short. Um, I, I think the Lions are a, a, a just a better team than the Chicago Bears. I like the way that, you know, you're hearing some of the stuff of how good Matt Stafford is, how good he was last year before he got hurt in the Bell offense, how good he's been in training camp this year. Um, so, so I'm feeling good about, about that from a Lions perspective. And anytime you're getting the significantly better court, no matter if it's Foles or Trubisky, I'm getting the better quarterback. I think I'm getting the better offensive unit. I know the Bears defense is still uh, going to be a, you know, a solid unit, a top half, but it is very, very tough to continue you know, defensive, what I would call defensive elite play year over year, much more than it is off. If you have an elite quarterback, in a lot of cases, you're going to have an elite offense year over year over year. Defensively, it's much tougher to keep that system rolling in that. I really like the Lions here uh, laying, you know, there's even some, you know, some one out there or even some money line minus 120, minus 125. Um, 
I'm all over the Lions here. I don't have a great feel on the total, but I think the total number is right. I do like laying it with the Lions. Where are you at with it uh, being a man of the man of the midway here in Chicago? <laughs> I, well, it kind of leads us into the win totals conversation, and I completely understand where you're coming from. So the win totals in Vegas, for the most part, they are posting the Bears at eight, and this really surprised me. I thought – uh, with legalization and having at least a couple of books at the moment open in Illinois, that these win totals would be a little bit higher. But that is quite the opposite. The win, <laughs> the win totals available to bet in Illinois right now, the Camby books have it at seven and a half, and it is juice to the over. I think what a lot of uh, people that cover the Bears are thinking about is they remember what the Lions looked like the two times the Bears played them. And it was a different team than reality because Matthew Stafford looked great early on. You throw guys out there that arguably shouldn't have even been playing in the NFL, and the Bears really lucked out on the timing. And that's all part of it. I'm not taking anything away from the Bears uh, and their, their two wins last year against the Lions, but it's not like they romped them like they should have against those two quarterbacks. So uh, I would agree with you that it is advantage Lions here. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, the Bears from, from a win total perspective, I, I've got them a, a, as a dog basically, uh, you know, versus every team in the division. Um, and, and especially when, you know, we, we talked about, again, home field advantage, uh, Chicago, you know, it's not really going to be there. So I, I've got them, you know, even if you're playing on neutrals um, as an underdog in every team versus a division. So there's six games right there. I mean, they play Indianapolis early. They play Tampa early. They play at Los Angeles and then, New I mean, you, you go through the first half of this schedule, uh, you know, you've got at the Lions to start, then you've got to go at Atlanta, uh, you know, they've got the Giants mixed in there, but then you've got this stretch of Colts, Bucks, at Carolina, at LA, New Orleans, at Tennessee, Minnesota, at Green Bay. I mean, where, if you're looking for eight or nine wins, I'm I'm having trouble finding six or seven in this schedule. Uh, and again, you know, obviously things change throughout the year, week to week, you know, pre preseason prognosticating of schedule can be a fool's errand, but um, there, there's not a lot of games. If I go through this schedule where I have the bears favored to win, I mean, I've got them versus the, you know, about a pick first. If I'm going at Carolina, I would have them favored over the giants. I've got them a dog at home versus the Colts and the saints. Uh, they're going to be a dog at the Titans, a dog versus the Vikings, a dog at Lambeau, uh, probably a short favorite versus the Lions and Texans as it gets down there. Uh, but other than at Jacksonville late, you know, this is a team that looks like they're going to be, you know, from the start, from right here, favored in at most five games. So if you're talking about a win total of seven and a half, eight, that that's a hard case for me here or to make that they could exceed that and get to nine. Uh, I, I like under eight a lot as I think a lot of things would have to go right for the bears to, to get to nine wins. Um, and that would include the quarterback position, uh, highly, highly exceeding expectations. I've been on repeat all off season. Okay. The number one issue is the quarterback and the bears offense, right? It's issues one, two, and three. You bring in the supposed offensive guru. You're set up by the league to have success offensively over the first six weeks. You went over some of the schedule. The majority of those teams do have soft defenses. What did you do in the offseason to score points? They changed some coaches. They brought in Nick Foles, a rookie tight end, which rarely works out in the first year. Maybe Cole Komet's a player, but it's probably not going to happen in year one. 
what did you do to fix the offense? And I don't see uh, how they're going to score many points. We, we address win totals there, Kanish. Do you have a favorite? Uh, anything notable that you want to bring up on win totals? Uh, maybe some big movers throughout the offseason. You know, there's, there's a couple of teams that I, w- I, I like to look at, you know, as far as really teams that I think are overpriced um, that, that I'll be looking to, to kind of fade on the back end. Um, and there were a couple of teams. One is the Steelers. I, I am not a, a proponent of Pittsburgh. I know that, again, we talked about it with the Bears. To, to be able to play that type of defense year over year, I think their offensive personnel has reduced. And I'm – you know, you talk about this Big Ben injury um, that he's talked about, that, 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 you know, you've had trouble finding anybody in the history of the league that, that's came back from it. Plus, he's a guy that, that, that I don't look at him in what I would say is like the, the Tom Brady realm of guys that are, you know, like, you know, juicing veggies and sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber to keep themselves good through 40. Um, I, I'm not a a big Ben believer. I think that division is much. I think the Browns are going to be good. Obviously we know the Ravens are elite. Uh, I think the Bengals will be better. Um, and this, you know, the Steelers win total is, you know, either juiced over nine, you know, at DraftKings right now, over nine minus minus one twenty one, um, nine and a half, some other places. Uh, I like that under a lot. I, I've played some Steelers under, I've played some alt under, you know, Circa out in Vegas has some alt under uh, eight and a half. I played some of that. Um, I am I am on a Steelers fade all the way here. I don't think their defense, although good, will be able to replicate uh, you know that performance that they had last season. And I'm not a buyer on their offense whatsoever. I don't think you know Big Ben coming back really gives them this swoon of uh, you know back to the old elite Steelers you know type of uh, offense that people remember when they had you know Antonio Brown and Bell and, and everybody rolling. Their, their, their personnel isn't the same, and Big Ben's not going to be the same. And I don't think they'll be able to match that defensive performance. The division's much better, and I'm that's that's one of the unders there. The other one uh, that I would is uh is the eagles they're over nine is juiced to minus 134 under nine plus 110 um at DraftKings. that at under nine uh at, at plus money is something that really intrigues me um they've already had a couple of major offensive line injuries um and again it was it was supposed to be an elite o-line but now you've already lost your left tag you're gonna have to have jason peters coming off an injury you've lost one of the starting guards um this is a team that that roster wise ha- has really struggled to you know, and I know they've had a lot of injuries um, the last few years. I don't think Wentz is is the quarterback that you know he got paid to be or is going to be. He's not. I don't look at him as you know that elite tier type of quarterback. And, and overall, I think the roster is very average. Um, I, you know, the, the offensive line was supposed to be a plus, but then you get a couple of injuries. They're one injury, one more injury away in the offensive line uh, from really being in trouble from a depth perspective and, you know, starting a journeyman at, at one of the tackles or something. Um, I'm not overly in love, uh, you know, with the wide receiver position. And on defense, they've had trouble maintaining the talent level that they've had from a few years ago. I don't think, I think the Cowboys are far and away the best team in that division. I think the Redskins are on the come up. They've got a ton of young talent. They've changing the culture under Rivera. Um, and you look at the rest of the schedule and they, it, it's tough. So for me to make the case for them um, to get to, to 10 wins uh, is pretty tough. And when you're getting, you know, plus money and under nine, that's another one I like. Steelers and Eagles would be the two fades for me um, as far as win totals are that I like uh, current price on the board right now. 
This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday's Sports Radio 670, The Score on the Horn, uh, pro sports better, in the Twitter world, he's known as at Joey Kanish 22 Let's talk about divisions, and you can attack divisions from both sides. It just doesn't have to be about picking the winner. Every, every year, it seems like we see some clubs go from worst to first and first to worst. That's the kind of league it is. So let's talk about surprise value on division winners and then what I also love which uh, I had some success last season with is teams that are going in the opposite direction like a team like the Rams coming off a Super Bowl appearance can you pick them when they're going to go to third place or last year there was probably a lot of value in picking the Chargers to finish in the basement of their division so anything you like with uh, any division plays out there earlier in the this offseason um, I talked about the Drinking the Lions Kool-Aid. Um, there was some 10 to 1, some 8 to 1. That's come down now to, to I think, more in the reasonably priced range of 550. For me, I, I maybe a smaller play there, but but I liked it a lot when it was, you know, in that 6 to 8 to 1 range. It's gotten beat down pretty good now. As far as some shots that I would take uh, for from a, you know, a longer shot perspective, uh, if I'm looking through division odds, uh, I think KC is way, way juiced there uh, in the AFC West. And the Chargers and Broncos have made impressive, especially the Chargers. Now, do I love Tyrod Taylor? No, but their roster uh, is really, really talented. Um, and they're sitting out there at 8-1 to one in the AFC West. All it takes is, you know, a couple of weeks or a Mahomes injury or a Mahomes, you know, COVID where you can't play for a few weeks uh, to throw the Chiefs off course there. Um, and so, again, I, I like if you want to sprinkle some Chargers, some Broncos in the AFC West, 8-1, to 9-1, to one, um, I, those would be two, a couple that are attractive to me. Uh, and, and the other one would be, and we talked about this just a minute ago, is the Washington football team there uh, at 13-1. to 1. They've got a lot of young talent. They change coached. Uh, they should be much better in, in terms of just organizational stability. They got rid of the, you know, the, the clown Gruden show. Um, I think Rivera will bring up professionalism um, and an improvement to that locker room and that culture. They, they've drafted insanely. For a team that was going, you know, with all this different stuff they've had going on, they've drafted really well. They have acquired a lot of young talent. And in the NFL, sometimes it, it just happens. Or, you know, you're on these – people think it's going to be in this, like, trajectory of, you know, you know, okay, this is the year, the next year is the builder year. That Sometimes it happens earlier than you think. And maybe why if Haskins can be, you know, an elite level player sooner than later, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, a top five quarterback or anything like that, but if he can make a leap um, to, to being a good NFL quarterback this year, mixed around with all that other young talent, um, when I'm already, you know, soft on the Eagles uh, and don't think the Giants are any good, that would be what I would say is my favorite divisional long shot there uh, is thinking Washington can get there sooner than later. Now, do I think the Cowboys win that division? Yes. Uh, but when you're talking about 13 to one here as a flyer, uh, that would be, that would be as far as the, uh, the long shots, definitely the, the favorite there along with, with the lions. Uh, if you can find, you know, the best price around um, <laughs> and a little bit of Broncos and Chargers sprinkle. I'd be worried about all your lines plays because Eli Hershkovich jumped in. So, so I, mean, I might as well buy out. I'm at dead money now. You know, it was you joint. You just know when that one guy gets on the bandwagon. I mean, you know, it's that it's that one buddy who texts you like, you know, hey, I, I like this under, and then you go right to the book and like, all right, I got to bet over now. now this, guy, <laughs> this guy hasn't won a bet in three years. So 
yeah, now that, uh, you know, the, the, the Eli's on the, the Lions and the Stafford MVP, I might as well, you know, go burn my jersey or something. We'll probably lose, by, you know, by 30 to the Bears week one. <laughs> and, and speaking about Bears-Lions week one, what we addressed earlier on, I, I did want to add this, that at, at the Illinois legal books right now, if you t- want to place a wager on the Bears and their division finishing position, the favorite of all four spots in the NFC North is fourth place at two to one. And the long <laughs> shot is at first place. Just throwing that out there. I know you always get involved in the MVP market. And <laughs> early on, it looks like the, the 2020 Mitch Trubisky pick is Josh Allen. You know, it's 2019 Mitch Trubisky, 2020 Josh Allen. That number's down to 50 to one. I also hit on Lamar Jackson. I knew you were on Lamar Jackson last year. And the formula is pretty simple. It's just a matter of finding the right play. You pick a team you like, and you get the quarterback of that team if there's some value in the market that you can find. Anything uh, that you prefer for an MVP wager? No, you nailed it. I mean, last year, and last year you nailed it, absolutely, with the Lamar play. It, it's really, you know, when I'm looking at MVP, I'm going to go to that range in the, you know, the 30 to 100 to 1. Try and find a team that I think you can buy. Because what are, what are the, the, the check boxes you got to have for MVP, right? It's pretty much got to be a quarterback. It's mm-hmm. got to be a team that can win 10-plus games uh, and compete for a one or two seed. Um, so if you go through, you know, that range in that, that upper tier of who can get to that level, who's a quarterback, and who can put up some reasonable numbers, um, there's a couple of guys in that tier that, that I think can, uh, you know, have some value. Obviously, you know, Matt Stafford's one that we talked about. I think Baker Mayfield's one, you know, at 60-1, to one, uh, a guy that, you know, has some – the Browns have some potential there. Kyler Murray, one, if I'm looking for a little bit of a long shot. You know, is a guy that can put up – I think he'll put up some insane numbers. I don't know how good Arizona can be. Um, but but if you're talking about, you know, a team that's – what's their ceiling? Can they get to 10, 11 wins? And, you know, if they get there, Murray's going to have, you know, an absolute monster numbers if, if they decided to get there. Um, so those those are guys in the the range that I would say are are – that makes sense as far as MVP and getting to, you know – in that middle tier of guys that, you know, is there anybody hundred and above that I've looked at that? Not, re- I mean, if there, <laughs> we just talked about Dwayne Haskins, he's 150 to one. Um, I, I think it would take a, a lot, a lot for the Redskins to get, you know, could they get to eight, nine wins, but when you need 10 or more um, that that's when you're looking at the really got to, you know, hone into to who can get there as far as the tier is concerned. Um so, yeah, it's, those are a couple of the guys that, um, you know, I'm looking at in, in the 40 to 100 range. But really, if you, you know, if you think the Colts can, can do it, you know, 11 or 12, Philip Rivers is there at 60 to 1. Um, it, it's a pretty basic formula of, you know, hey, who, which team can get to 10 plus wins, who's the quarterback, um, and take a couple of shots in that, you know, in that what I would say 30 to 100 range. That's pro sports better. Joey Kanish, stay right there. We still have to talk about Super Bowl futures player awards and some knowledge you want to drop on an NBA series price that you like for the people. All that coming up next. Thank you for listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We're doing a two-parter with my guy, pro sports better Joey Kanish. That's what they call the man. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. I'll tell you about a baseball futures play I made And we'll get some pony picks from Jim Miller in about 20 minutes.
We'll get to the Super Bowl in a minute. Uh, player awards. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Cole Komet, 100 to 1. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Johnson, 60 to 1. Defensive Player of the Year, Khalil Mack tied for the second favorite at 14 to 1. Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year. Anything uh, interest you in the player or coach awards? You know what offensive rookie of the year one that I like is, and so what happened is obviously you got Burrow the strong shock. Uh, you know he's the he's going to be the quarterback from week one, and, and yeah, obviously you know that's going to be tough to overcome. A lot of the running backs took um, you know a good amount of steam. Two that I that I looked at for offensive rookie of the year that I thought could still have some potential at the current market available is one J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. Um, I, I thought he was an incredible player at Ohio State. He can pass protect. He's ready to play from day one. The issue in Baltimore is they love to spread, um, uh, you know, the rock around. So you need, you would need basically, you know, probably an injury uh, to Inger, one of their other guys, as far as getting him some more carry load. But he's out there 25 to one. I think by midseason, he's going to be like their number one guy. Uh, I just think he's that good. He can come in, you know. the running back position is a position that, you know, it doesn't really take a lot of time. If you're a rookie and you can play, you're going to get handled. So um, I know Clyde Edward Dillard took a bunch of steam. So did Jonathan Taylor. So did Cam Akers. Uh, but Dobbins is one that I think could put up better numbers uh, than any of those guys if he gets the carry handle. Um, it, it just some things we need to go right in the backfield uh, with other guys, you know, falling off for him to get enough. The other one was Michael Pittman Jr. in in Indianapolis. Um, I, I think he's going to be wide receiver one from from day one. He was that type of player. At U, you know, a lot a leader in the USC locker room, a guy that that, that produced from day one. Um, you know, getting on the field there. I think he's going to be the Colts wide receiver one to start. I know T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, has a name recognition. He's dealt with some injuries the last few years. I would not be surprised. Uh, by the end of the season, if Pittman it, it put up wide receiver one stats for the Colts, they've got a phenomenal offensive line. He's the type of guy that I don't think is going to take any time to get into the system and produce. Um, and the offensive rookie of the year award is an award that skill players can win. You know, when you look at MVP, it's going to be a quarterback offensive rookie of the year, whether you're a running back or wide receiver, um, there, there's opportunities there. Cause really from, from, Week one, who's the only quarterback? It's probably Burrow. I mean, maybe Tua, you know, wins the or gets in at some point, but you're able to fade the quarterback position this year because you're looking at, you know, one guy that's probably going to start from week one. So Dobbins and Pittman are two offensive rookie of the year picks that I like a lot. Um, on the other player of the year awards, um, the only one I had is, you know, and I don't play too much, is, is defensive player of the year. Um, Miles Garrett's out there, twenty to one. Uh, this is an award that that's got a lot of randomness um, and not one I usually take. But I, I think Miles Garrett is the best defensive player in football. He just signed the deal. He's coming off the Browns have some talent on the front line. I, I think he's primed for a massive, massive season. Um, and again, with the sack number, you know, when guys are getting doubled and that, the sack numbers can can, can be kind of awesome. So you, you, there's really a lot of narrative in this award too. Um, but at 20 to one there, I think you're getting the, the best defensive player in the league. You know, they, they, I think Aaron Donald has had his run. He's still a good player, but he's, he's he shouldn't be, you know, I, I think they have to make him chalk because of what he's done, but I don't think he's going to win anymore. Does your team have to win to get defensive player of the year or no? You know what? It's not the same level of MVP. You know, you can't be four and twelve and win the award, but I think you can be an eight or nine or ten win team um, and win Defensive Player of the Year, as opposed to MVP, where where you pretty much need to be, you know, an eleven or twelve win, one or two seed. So there, there's some more opportunity there. When I, you know, I like the Browns. You know, can they get to twelve wins? Uh, probably not, but but I still think. 
if they're a team that that's going to be, you know, a nine or 10 win team, have a great defense and Garrett's the best player on that defense that he's got a shot there. Uh, so that was one of the ones I sprinkled there 20 to one. How much did you get down on Trubisky? 66 to one comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you, the the it's really set up there for him. If uh, you know Foles goes down and then you know Mitch can uh, can get back to form, um, I not I mean by form I mean uh, you know maybe that one or two games he played at North Carolina where he was actually decent. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's just uh, man, that is uh, and and I'm sure you guys have have been over it a thousand times there in, uh, in the shy here of, of what could have been um, uh, with, with the quarterbacks that, that went after him um, and, and the type of roster, the bears, the bears had put together there. Um, so you yeah, couldn't I, come in and win the job at North Carolina. I, I, let me, I, ta- let me take him over the, uh, another quarterback in the division named Deshaun Watson or in the conference rather. It, it's just, do you think there's any, <laughs> salvage and i get the 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 thing that weighs organizations down you know is if you've got a you take a a, you know high pick like that and and you're married to and usually what happens is you basically it's it's he either makes it and you're a contender or a super contender or he doesn't and everybody gets fired the front office gets fired the coach gets fired the coach is there any I mean, and I think I know the answer to this already with the offseason moves they made. Any thought that you can, he, his career is salvageable? I don't think it's going to happen in this city. The coach has already moved on. That's what's so fascinating about the decision of the week one starter. It shows you where the power lies. Many believed that in the offseason, the moves that were made, the coaching changes, bringing Nick Foles, all the connections that he has to the offensive coaches who were brought in, and Foles is a decision over some other options that were out there. Uh, many believe that it's, it's Nagy's team now. We're going to find out with this decision with week one. Uh, and if they go with Trubisky, how long are they going to go with Trubisky? And is, right. if he's pulled, is it injury-related or not? Uh, it, it's going to be something to, to keep an eye on. Salvageable. Listen, we, we, we talk out there um, with, with the NFL hot takes like Trubisky's the worst quarterback in the world. I think he's going to be around in this league collecting checks at, at least as a backup for, uh, for probably a long time. No, and I, I agree. I, I think you've seen it all across the league. The shift towards mobile quarterback now is – and yeah. he has that ability. Um, I just never saw – and this was, you know, the thing that I, I, I – had the issue I had with him coming out in North Carolina was he never seems to have the ability to like progress through reads in an offense. Um, and to where if you can put him in this, like, you know, RPO, you know, one read. And then I just, I never saw him having much ability to, and he would make, you know, you've even seen it with the bear where he makes these throws where you're like, what is this guy looking at? Like, like yeah. he's throwing it right at the defender. Uh, it just, from the mental side of things, you know, he's got the physical talent. I mean, he can run. He's got the arm strength. He, he just never seen. You remember like that he, Cowboys game last year? <laughs> Thursday night? He was unbelievable. He, he just doesn't seem like he's ever had the processing in his head, um, the fast processing to be able to, to, to you know, like the, like the game is running at a speed that he can't play. Maybe that, I don't know. I don't know. And is that, is that coachable? Is that workable over the long haul? Who knows? But yeah, he's got a, he's got a skill set. Um, but as you said, it's probably it's probably got to be a, a full reset for him and, and find a different organization, somebody that's that's willing to take a shot on him. 
Yeah, don't forget the coach that's here right now, that's here to save Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he wanted Pat Mahomes. He had Mahomes for a year in Kansas City before taking the <laughs> job. So that's the quarterback that he liked. Uh, Futures-wise, uh, big picture, Super Bowl, conference, did you make any plays, and do you have a strategy? Personally, something I've talked about is I like to wait a couple of weeks because un unless we're talking about a crazy high number, you don't see uh, a ton of movement in those first couple of weeks. I always throw out the example that I got the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl at 40-1 to 1 a month into the season. And I love that strategy there, especially in a year where there's going to be so much uncertainty. And I think you're going to see, you know, like with no preseason games, you know, you, I mean, the first week one through four of the NFL season was always a little rough these last few years where, you know, the, the guys aren't practicing as much, you know, the offseason OTAs are, are less, you know, and it's, you know, you get into the preseason and, you know, you're only playing you know, half of uh, the second game, most of the third game. And now with no preseason whatsoever, um, I think you're going to get in and could see some, just some wild results here week one through four. And if you've got a team um, that that's a great trade of where they get off to, you know, somewhat of a, a fluky start or a bad start where you can just come in on them into the middle. Cause I, I agree that, you know, at this point in the season, all the contenders are, are you know, anybody that you would expect to be there, uh, unless it's a real surprise, is down under, you know, 30 to 1 or less. Um, and that, to me, is not not really worth much of a buy here when you're talking about the, a season-long hold. Um, it, unless you're, like you said, buying early, like, a, you know, on Baltimore last year, even though they, they lost out early, to get those kind of numbers, you know, preseason and think that, you know, some of these bottom feeder teams are going to make a run, it's just unlikely. It's a much better strategy to go into the season maybe one of the contenders starts off one and three looks bad um and then you buy on them from that point and you're able to get uh you know an inflated number on a team that that just had some you know i mean this is this is the nfl there, there's you know a finite edge between you know one three and three and one and you know books will overreact or put out some inflated numbers there you can shop around um so yeah i like it there's not much i'm looking at um at futures wise as far as you know super bowl or any of that i, I did think Cowboys um, conference winner what was one that that I was looking at when it was uh, ten to one. I'm seeing seven to one now. It's it's not something that I you know I'm in, in love with playing there at seven to one. Um, but I do. That's one that that I think it's going to be a a struggle to to see a better number there. So if you like that um, seven to one on the Cowboys to win the NFC is something just because I think they've got they're set up right in the division to have a pretty easy coast to the division. Um, and then you're usually getting, a, again, Do we, how much will home field advantage matter in the playoffs again? We don't know. So there's, so there's a little bit of extra variance there. But I think at least they're, they're set up to, to make the playoffs, win that division, uh, and likely get a one or a two seed. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I like your strategy of, you know, see where we're at after a few weeks, buy low, um, and then kind of build a portfolio from there. Yeah, something to take a close look at the schedule because there are definitely uh, buy-low opportunities with teams that have a, a rough go at the very start of the season. Uh, Kanish, I, I know you wanted to uh, share some information, some thoughts that you have on the NBA as we restart play today that you see some value in some series prices right now. Because I tell you what, this Clippers-Maverick series was – the, the Clippers have had some things go right here um, with injuries to, you know, Doncic turns the ankle and KP's missed a few games. Otherwise, this was – I think the Mavericks could have pulled this up. And so now, 
Doncic, you know, he should have his ankle should be much better. I think he'll be closer to 100%. The extra, I, I think they were absolutely done, right? If they had to play, you know, that game uh, where we're done, they're coming off the blowout. He's hobbling at the end of the game. Who knows about KP status? Now you've got multiple extra days of rest and you've got him, you know, four or five full days of rest on that ankle. And I'm sitting out there looking at, you know, there's 11 to 1, 13 to 1 series prices here on Mavs Clippers. This with a full, you know, with a, a KP and Dodgers in the lineup, uh, they were giving the Clippers all they could. And you could argue they, you know, KP had the ejection. They could be, you know, they should probably be up 3-2 in the series, not down 3-2. Um, and I've had a couple yeah. of things go against them injury-wise. And so I'm fine taking a flyer here on 13-1, just hoping that rested Luka will be, uh, you know, ready to go and give the Clips hell again. Um, I don't think Beverly is going to be back for, for the Clippers. So you've got a lot of Reggie Jackson who's been, who's been rough, real rough in this series. So... And that's not the only series there where, where there's some injury prognostication here of round, you know, Kyle Lowry. Is he able to make it back early now for the Celtics Raptors series? Gary Harris is one, uh, you know, for the Nuggets. Can he come back and, you know, play the best defensive player and swing the series? Um, but the Mavs is one that, that the price is way out there. Um, and all you really need, if you're getting, you know, 11, I see some, you know, 13 to one, some 1150. If you're getting that type of price and they can just win, Game six, uh, you know, have a Luka game. You're sitting on a phenomenal arbor, a scalp there for game seven. So I took some 13-1, to took some more 12-75. Let's just call it what it is. Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA right now. I I mean, player, player. If there's a guy right now that I want in this bubble who's looked, he is the best player in the NBA. So anytime you've got him, uh, especially getting a little extra rest on that ankle, uh, I think they got a shot. Well, Knesser, some people will in, out there the other day willing to say, well, I think Luca's top 10 in the league. Oh, well, what going out on a limb there with that? that I know that, uh, that besides those, uh, some, <laughs> <laughs> these hot said, don't, don't go too hot with those takes there around, uh, man. No, there's no debate. He might be a top 10 player in the league. No, he's the best player in the league right now. That's the hot take. I, I would take, you know, take him over, over anybody right now. I, I just think he's, he's been on another level since this bubble restarted. Um, you know, he's doing things that, that, that I mean, he, he's the future. He, he's got a chance to be in that, that pantheon of, I mean, he's doing things that you like LeBron was doing at, at his age, you know, so uh, he's got a chance to, to be in that, you know, like you don't want to sound ridiculous, but in that like top three, top five player ever comparison. I yep. mean, that's how good he is. And he's yeah. good, that good right now. So no, that'll be fun to see. Uh, and hopefully KP can come back and they can really make it a series here with the clips. Nice job, Kings. Marvin Bagley, good pick at number two before Luka. Very Yikes. good stuff. That hot take courtesy of Pro Sports Better. Joey Kanish. That's how he's known on Twitter. Follow him there at Joey Kanish22. Kanish, thank you so much for your time on Early Odds. Enjoy the football season. Thanks, brother. Okay, good to be on with you. Loved it. Uh, good luck this weekend. Go Lions, baby. Week one. Of course, he's got a troll on the way out. Next, I'll tell you why I jumped on a team to win the World Series. It's a National League club. Hmm. And Jim Miller from Hawthorne has three horse racing picks for today. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski Saturdays, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Whether you're running around or you just happen to have some free time, in fact, we have our first fall ball game coming up in just a half hour. Appreciate you listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
Baseball futures bet I placed. National League Central team not named the Cubs. Let's go to the Queen City. I liked the Reds before the start of the season, but I didn't like them in that 20 to 25 to 1 range. We have the trade deadline coming up on Monday, according to reports. They're going for it as expected. With the expanded playoffs, they are still right there. As poor as things have gone so far for this club, they're still right there. Three studs at the top of the rotation. Bauer, a 1.65 ERA, 40% strike rate. Sonny Gray, 1.94 ERA, 33% K rate. Castillo has been unlucky with his 3.62 ERA because he has a 2.07 FIP. Offensively, speaking of getting the short end of the stick, Vado and Suarez. Batting average of balls in play, 194 and 167 respectively. It's fair to expect there to be a correction over the remainder of this regular season, and I think they're going to add to this bullpen. So when I like the Reds going in, didn't want them at 20-25-1, to 1, but now you look up and you see a 50-1 to 1 on the board. You could make a case that at a good price, maybe it's worth to go in on Cincinnati to win the NL Central. Could sound stupid after today's doubleheader, but I took some Reds 50-1 to to win the World Series. We are going to have to clear the decks next Saturday. The Kentucky Derby. No more talking about, okay, 21, 28 days away, a couple weeks away. No, it's next Saturday. So let's check in with our friend from Hawthorne Racecourse. You're him every Saturday morning on Early Odds. His name, Jim Miller. Jim, when I tell you, Derby next week, what do you think? It's, it's about time is what I think. We've, we've been waiting all summer long for this show. And the crazy thing about it is we know Tis the Law is going to be in the gate, and we know Tis the Law will be the favorite. I have no idea who the other 19 are going to be or if there's even going to be 19 to go after this horse. We're going to break this thing down uh, next week, so make sure you are here next Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. A lot of coverage on the Kentucky Derby. But, Jim, I know you have three picks and races going on today. Yeah, we have three picks and races going on today. Two of them at Saratoga, and they're back-to-back stakes races. Race 8, the $300,000 forego. Look at the three-horse, Lexitonian in there. This is a horse that rally late in its last out. Should get a great trip, a ton of pace to chase, and should be a decent price. And then come right back in race 9 at Saratoga. Half-million-dollar sword dancer on the turf. The 8, Sadler's Joy. Again, ran huge last time out. Got disqualified from that race and placed fourth, but this was a horse that crossed the line first. Just needs to stay straight and should be very tough. And then Delmar, race 10, look to the one. Law-abiding citizen, speed on the rail, and again, should be a decent price. And I'll tell you, Joe, being able to watch all these races together on the Club Hawthorne app is something that's made it very easy for a lot of our players. Yeah, tell me about the interest. I've talked about the Club Hawthorne app and some of the commercials that we air right here on 670 The Score. Uh, but can you go in a little bit of detail about that app and what, what people get using it? I, I'd imagine there's some wild activities since there's nobody in the stands right now. Right, and that's the thing. When no spectators live at the track, and really when things first came back for racing, no spectators anywhere, people had to turn to these online apps. So here in the state of Illinois, they went to the Club Hawthorne app. And I think what we saw really, Joe, was before professional sports came back, a lot of professional sports players moved to horse racing because that was the only game in town. And a lot of them have stuck around. And through the Club Hawthorne app, the same amount of money goes to the purses for the horsemen, goes to the commissions for the racetrack as if you were betting on site. And we've seen a jump, about a four times jump in handle, which is something that's really cool to see because through the app, 
You can watch multiple tracks at one time. You can wager on multiple races at one time. So there's a lot of activity going on. And through us, for our app, it's not just the races in North America. You're covering Canada, but you're covering every single international racing circuit going on too. So there is, there's live wagering action day and night. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, talk to you on Derby Day. I'm ready for it, Joe. We'll be ready to break down that field next week. Big thanks to Jim and Joey Kanish. Next week, got the run for the roses and the last early odds before NFL season, so I'll have all my season picks ready to go. Inside the clubhouse is next right here on The Score. Best of luck, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.